Hello to you. This is Moses Chavi bringing you again another episode on the spontaneous word. Today's reading is coming from the book of First Timothy from chapter 6. I'll be reading from verse 11. The good confession. But you, O man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which we are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ's appealing, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in an approachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Amen. So the good confession, the good confession. Paul was telling Timothy to maintain and to sustain the good confession. And he's calling Timothy the man of God. He's saying, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith this word is speaking to us today also you man of god you woman of god keep these sin these things close do not be confused do not have a disruptive mindset when it comes to the good confession because the word of god is incorruptible and it does not change The word of God, once spoken, creates a law that is true and holy. Paul was telling Timothy that you need to realize and to know that there is lots of chaos around you. There are lots of confessions that other people will will profess. But you, O man of God, flee from these things. Flee from these things. So if you go a little bit back, if you have time to study 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you go a little bit t- uh, back uh, from 1 Timothy 6 verse 3, uh, Paul was addressing the issue of error and greed. And remember that Timothy was a young man who was set upon a church to set up the foundations of a new church. And Paul, as his father in the Lord, Uh, had that obligation of advising him on how to be built up in the faith, on how to be a good leader, on how to execute that mandate, uh, the apostleship or the pastoral responsibilities over a church. So he told him about uh, the error and the greed that was uh, rampant among many, which was distorting the the doctrine of the apostles or the doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he had to say, but you, O man of God, flee from these things. Flee from these things. Uh, in verse 6 of 1 Timothy, 
uh, chapter 6, it says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drawn men, which drawn men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So you'd see the, the, the place where Paul is talking from as a father, you know, as an elder of the church. And these days we can say also as a mentor uh, to the young preacher, Timothy. So saying all these things cause chaos in people's hearts and especially leaders. But you, man of God, flee from these things. Flee from these things. Do not have, you know, a deeper agency to get rich. Flee from the love of money. So when you're pursuing a godly mandate, when you're pursuing what God has actually set upon your heart, and you're focusing on that mission, what happens is God automatically provides one for his mission, but he also provides for you. God provides for his mission and he provides for you. So there is no need to be crafty about trying to, to get rich and justifying that when I'm rich, I'm going to serve God better. No, what comes first is the heart to serve God. So when you have that heart to serve God, then God provides. Then God provides. And we always go back, remember, to how Jesus Christ trained the apostles, then the disciples, and sent them out. What he was careful to do was to make sure that they only go out with what was necessary. So one clock, uh, one covering, one sandal, just for the journey. And he said, Wait, whichever city you get into, identify a house where you're going to live in and leave your blessing there. But if they deny you hospitality, uh, just move out and even dust off your sandals and move on. But he made sure not to have them a, to, to live in them a heart of indulgence or excess because that destroys and this is the same fundamental principle that paul was teaching timothy he says but you O man of god flee from these things do not be absorbed and be messed up with all these strange desires because they're going to lead you uh, into error and into a form of um, uh, a form of self-righteousness and it, it will form and create an obsession with things and you end up being blinded from what God has sent you to do. So it says, maintain the good confession. Maintain the good confession. Maintain the good confession. He's saying, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which we are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So for us today, what, what's the good confession? What's the good confession that we've made? that we need to contend for the faith. So we've made a confession that Jesus Christ came as, as a person and he lived on the face of the earth. He died for our sin. He hung on the cross. He was buried and he, 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 he rose again. And he, he went back and he sitteth now at the right hand of God the Father. This is the confession that we've made. We, we've, we've confessed of our sin. We've asked God to deliver us from our sin and we've asked Jesus Christ to come and sit and take over the throne 
that we ourselves had taken over thinking that we are wise in our own wisdom in our earthly wisdom we try to rule the world in our own uh, vain thinking but now we're saying that we give this up and we allowed jesus christ to be our lord and savior so we have made a good confession before witnesses and not just the witnesses that we see today uh, including the those witnesses who have gone before us you know the bible talks about a multitude of witnesses who are actually looking down and seeing uh, what work we're having today how we are contending for the faith if we go back to the stories of, of the apostles would we'll see how they contended for the faith it, it became a habit that the likes of Peter or Paul they would actually get into these uh, big big places or in in, uh, in the temple in the synagogues where they would actually contend for the faith they had their own way of doing apologetics where they had to to preach to the people but also to teach and and show them why Jesus Christ was the Messiah that we are not waiting for another one who's going to come back because he has come and is the one that we hang on the cross and you can you you, you go back and you see stories of repentance when uh, these men of God had to contend for the faith because when you say the truth the truth actually speaks for itself volumes that the heart of man connects to the heart of God when the truth is spoken in love and this is what we need to do today when we contend for the faith when we maintain and sustain the good confession our responsibility is to stay in that gap and in that place where we need to tell people why we believe what we believe in why we believe what we believe in so it becomes a problem when in in in, in the process of carrying out our mission of preaching the gospel we we lose focus and we start getting focused so much on how uh, the church is positioned how much money we have uh, how we need to to structure and build our church and how the church is going to be beautiful and big how we need to set up the praise team and all so all these technicalities they're not bad they're not bad we need to have a temple we need to have a building which is you know beautiful we need to give honor and glory to God and we need to make sure that the people who come in the church they are comfortable we need to make sure that we put in lots of excellence in how we produce our music how the praise team rehearses how they dress how we beautify the environment all these things are very important but sometimes when we get so obsessed about the environment about the uh, what is called ambience we start to lose focus on whether the message is being preached to the people whether the the gospel is indeed being propagated or oh, now we start talking about the technicalities of how people need to feel well how people need, need to be treated well how we need air conditioning to be functioning all the time and sometimes we get into details of if i'm preaching a message of prosperity and i'm not driving the good car how can i justify that god has indeed prospered me so you have lots of men and women of god who actually get so obsessed about getting these things because they believe their message will be believed if they are driving the most expensive car in town. But we do forget that the, the schemes of the enemy are quite apparent. They are quite apparent. We don't need to go very far to identify the schemes of the enemy. So it could take, the first step would just take one, one, one suggestion that buy yourself a Mercedes-Benz which looks perfect and proper. So when you stand on the pulpit and you preach about success, people will go like, wow, I think we're learning from someone who's doing it. That, that's why we can see a Mercedes-Benz parked outside the church. But does not 
always work that way with God. It does not always work that way with God. It's not about the possessions. Remember, life does not consist of these things. Life does not consist of these things. So God, yes, blesses us. And indeed, our confession is sustained that we will not lack any good thing in this world. But it does not mean that we need to have the things of the world to preach the gospel. So we need to be careful of the messages that bring a corporate and strategic positioning in the church and trying to say that as a business probably maybe you can only be trusted if your products are seen to be or if your structure your office environment is seen to be which is very true in the corporate space but when you're only putting on a cloak and a sandal and you go out to preach the gospel it does not mean that you're preaching a different gospel you're still preaching the gospel so romans 1 chapter uh, verse 16 talks about uh, us being not ashamed of the gospel because of the power of God unto salvation. So we need to be careful that the first thing, meaning that the priority of our service to God should be the gospel. Is it being preached? Is it being propagated? Is it being uh, shared in the rightful uh, manner? Right? Is, is it being shared in all manner of ways where we're not even holding back what our Lord has commanded us to do. This should be our priority. Then now, secondly, we should be thinking about now how in terms of the means, right? So on the go, you start to see, okay, fine. There are so many ways on how you can package it, but you do not, we, we do not uh, sugarcoat and package it in a way that uh, it's the worship team or the instrumentation or it's the environment of the church that is causing people to come to God. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts people. The true message has to be preached regardless of the context. And as a man and a woman of God, if you're sent to preach the gospel, focus on that. What happens is, according to Matthew 6 verse 33, if we do seek the kingdom of God, meaning the, we, we seek the embodiment, the depth of what the gospel is all about, the kingdom of God that Jesus Christ declared when he said the kingdom of God has come. If we seek that and, the, and, and God's righteousness, if we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning that we're seeking his nature, we are seeking his very grace that has been given to us in abundance, the mercy that has been shown unto us on the cross. If we seek that and saying that we no longer want to rule ourselves, we want you to rule our lives and we want to do what you want us to do, meaning that we want to live in obedience. The Bible says, all these things shall be added unto us. All these things shall be added unto us. So all these things are what? He's talking about the basics and the fundamentals. He's saying that we're seeking for food. We're concerned about shelter. We're concerned about clothing. So all these things God will give us. It does not mean that he will not go beyond the basics. He will give us everything else. Because uh, if you go back in Matthew 6, you see that he's saying that um, he knows that we desire all these things that, uh, that the world has. He knows. So what do we desire that the world has? Obviously, it's like mansions, vehicles, companies, establishments. We, we, we desire all these things. But he's saying, for you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And this is the same uh, trajectory that Paul was trying to take Timothy to. Uh, in 1 Timothy 6 verse 11, when he said, but you. But you. So this but you is very important. But you. You're not like the world. You're not like those other people. You're not like the, the neighbor who lives down a few blocks down the road. 
you are not like this person but you it should be a personal thing a personal relationship so paul was talking to timothy as his son in the lord specifically but you so today again but me but me but you oh man of god flee these things and pursue righteousness so there are so many things that we're seeing around and we're trying to be influenced by the environment but god is speaking to us specifically today He's saying, but you, this is what you need to do. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. It's a fight of faith. There are lots of things that are coming against us, being plunged on us through social media, through lots of means. People claiming that there's no God anymore. People claiming that we, we take it as a joke when you see all these things in movies where people are trying to craft as much as possible to just dump, to just dampen and uh, just dislodge the strength of the gospel. But they can never do it. it. It's a vain thing when people gather to fight the Lord, to fight the, the Lord Jesus Christ, to fight our God. It's just a vain thing. So we should not be so messed up in all those things, being, trying to be influenced by the world and trying uh, to get caught up and also finding ourselves justifying the ways of the world. But you, but you, this is the man of life you need to leave because you know the truth. Contend for the faith. Fight a good fight of faith. These are the things that you need to think about. Hmm? Keep his commandments. Keep his commandments. This is, this is the place that, this is the platform of our lives. So today, what I'm, I'm sharing with you and encouraging you, even as I encourage myself, is can we be of those people who say, but me, but me, I'll pursue righteousness, I'll pursue godliness, I'll pursue faith, love, patience and gentleness, and I'll fight the good fight of faith. I'll sustain the good confession because I have a multitude of witnesses and who are encouraging, who have gone before me, who have prayed for me. And even today, people are praying for me. To fight a good fight of faith. May we contend for the faith. May we not be distracted by the things that are around us. May we pursue righteousness in all its truthfulness and in its fullness. May we preach the gospel. May God bless you today. Even as you look within, deeper, deeper within. To see what God is saying to you today. And how he is pushing, encouraging, sustaining, blessing you to carry out his purpose in this world and in this day and age for a time such as this god bless you god bless everything that is given you and may he bless the works of your hands in jesus mighty name amen and amen